welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts here, Dana Osman, here with my friend and Chabruta, Aaron Gordon. Our daf today, Masach Kiddushin, daf Membet, page 42. Well, the Gemara basically has a very, very lengthy discussion about where we see the idea of shlichut, of appointing an agent for a variety of different halachic scenarios, right? Having somebody for your divorce, uh, to sacrifice for you, all different areas to separate truma for you. And the Gemara is now going to actually give what I guess could be considered sort of like a, an opposing viewpoint to this. So Rav Gidal said in the name of Rav, From where do we know in the Torah that a person's agent is as of himself? And here they're talking about when they divided up the actual land of Israel. Right, you shall take one, you know, nasi. In English, it often gets translated as a prince from each tribe to separate out the land. This is a pasuk from uh, Bamidbar, chapter thirty-four, verse eighteen. The pasuk is talking about that once they conquer the land, uh, that you know, you that how they would actually divide it up. And so the question is, how does Rav get the idea of shlichut from here? Typically, shlichut mehacha. Right? Why doesn't he derive the idea of shlichut from all the other sources that we just spent time quoting? So the Gemara basically says that when Rav talks about this pasuk, he's actually not talking about shlichut at all. Right? Does it make sense that when they actually divided up the land, it was done through, uh, a, you know, it was done through a shaliach? Right? That's not possible. Because there had to have been minors who were involved, right? Kitana who were involved with, and they are not allowed to participate in shlichut. In other words, there definitely were minors who got some of the land, but a minor is not allowed to appoint a shaliach. Elakiha de Rava bar Ravuna. So it must be, what is Rav talking about? It says, uh, uh, Rava, uh, the son of Ravuna said, to Amar Rava bar Ravuna, Amar Rav Gidal, Amar Rav, right? So now they quote every. Where do we learn that somebody can benefit from a person, even in his absence, either without his knowing? Right from this pasuk. In other words, since the nasi allocated the land to everybody, and that was to include minors who could not have appointed him to be a shaliach, because we know that minors cannot appoint a shaliach, it shows that a person can have benefit from somebody else without their prior authorization. And so the idea here that they introduce is this idea of what's called like zechia. It's not so much a shaliach, it's the idea of benefit. That uh, It's not that you appoint somebody, but that somebody can do something on your behalf uh, it, that will benefit you. And so the Gemara, therefore, wants to go on and see like, okay, is this a good pasuk for Rub to develop this idea? Who, who, right? Does it make sense to say that this division of the land that we're talking about here was a benefit for, for minors. And I thought this was interesting. Right? It's possible that maybe there was something like a detriment. There was something bad. Because there are some people who would want to be on a mountain. Right? And they wouldn't want to get a valley. And there are some people who would want to have, you know, their land in a valley. And on a mountain. In other words, the idea is, is that when they divided up the land, people may have gotten a portion of the land that they didn't really want. They got a mountain when they wanted a valley, or they got a valley when they wanted a mountain. 
So the idea is, is that we can't necessarily say that the division of land is a paradigm for this idea of zechia, of like doing something on the benefit for someone, because it's very possible when they divided up the land that there are people who felt they didn't actually get what they wanted. So what they say, so now what they're going to want to say is, is that Rav wanted to teach something different. The elikid de Rav bar Rakuna. Okay, rather we should say that Rav's teaching was, as Rav Rav said uh, in the name, uh, the son of Rav Huna, the Amar Rav bar Rakuna, Amar Rav Gidal, Amar Rav, Minayan liyatomim shabal lechalok benichasei avihem. Where do we know from the Torah that when orphans, and here they're talking about orphans who are minors who are katanim, come before the court to basically divide the assets of their father who died, shabeti ma'amadim lahem. Um, and this is a word that we've seen before, and not be tropeless, right? That the court appointed administrator on behalf of them. Right? And that this, you know, apitropis can do it, right? It's going to be and also to their advantage. In other words, whenever property is divided, pieces of it is going to be in the favor of the person getting out the, the property and some part of it may not be in their favor. So now the Gemara is asked the question, could we say that the administrator is going, the court is going to appoint an administrator that's going to be uh, for a disadvantage for the for these orphans? Why would the court do this? Ella, right? Rather, this is what Rob meant to say, right? That in other words, the court appoints an administrator, right? With the, with the, the idea that there might be something that's a disadvantage to the orphan but the goal is ultimately to benefit the 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 the, the orphan. Tamud lamar, and so therefore, uh, the pasuk comes v'nasi achad nasi achad mimatetikru. So I thought this was like a very odd sort of tangent that the Gemara got on, right? Like it's basically sort of trying to say here, right, that there is a concept sort of that is not shlichut, but more the idea of like somebody doing something on your behalf because it could ultimately benefit you. And it's a little bit different than the idea of shlichut itself. And then what goes on from here is, is then they give like other rulings that have to do with this about like how land was actually divided up or assets were divided up when there was a baiting uh, involved with, with, with orphans. Um, but I'm not sure that I completely understand like the train of thought here of like how they get to this. I don't know that it's exactly like in contrast to the idea of shlichut, but maybe it's more that it's giving sort of another model of where somebody could do something on behalf of another person. So it's not exactly shlichut, but it's the idea that a person either, uh, you know, first they developed the idea that that someone, the nasi, you know, sort of did something was it, that was like gave you your portion of land. And they sort of developed it to the point of saying like, no, it's the idea that the court acts on your behalf. But that's not the same idea as the court is not your shaliach. Right. The idea is, is that the court is acting hopefully to your benefit. So it, it is a little bit it's like related to Shlichud, but the Gemara is basically telling us it's a totally different concept than Shlichud. The, the commonality is having somebody else do something for you. But but that's really the only thing that it shares in common. So I think that there's somewhere else and I don't remember, of course, of course, I don't remember else where, where else it is that there's this intensive discussion of Zakin Adam Shalobafanov. And what is the mechanism by which that works? And I think over there, there's a question of whether it's a matter of shlichut or whether it's a matter of something else, right? There's a variety of ways that we could think about this as 
you know, it's a chesed for somebody. And so then if it's a chesed, then that's not because they would have done the appointing if they had only, but no, right? Like there's a lot of um, delving into, let's say the philosophical underpinnings of what's going on here. And I'm fascinated by the fact that that's not raised here at all, right? Like it's specifically um, kind of separating it off from the question of an agent of a shaliach in a very definitive way here, even though elsewhere, this same topic, the same, um, you know, the same discussion over what makes this work is raised and their shlichut is raised as a possibility. Somebody out there likes it for this. Right, exactly. I think that's exactly what the Gemara is trying to to do here. And I think what we're, what we're like the bigger thing of what's being developed is this idea of having other people do do the action for it. Okay, I'm now going to go on. Um, we're, I'm on I'm a bet here, and the Gemara is still discussing different questions of, of shlichut. Um, and here, I'll just dive right in, and, and we'll see what this is about. It's a little sensitive of a topic. We've seen this reference before, um, this exact kind of topic of Somebody who sets up as as an agent, right? The the shaliach is somebody who is either a cheresh, a shota, or a katan, and this lumping, this grouping together is something that we've already talked about many times. That we're not so comfortable with it in to our modern sensibilities. That a cheresh is a deaf mute at that time was considered somebody who did not have cognitive, you know, did not have full cognition. And nowadays we would say, well, that's not necessarily fair at all, right? Uh, Shota is somebody who does, who truly does not have cognition, and a katan, somebody who's a minor. And of course, in the question for a minor to be a shaliach is how can somebody make one an an emissary when they don't have the same level of obligation to begin with? So this is, you know, this is a this is a category grouping, right? That is automatically suspect in the in the ability to be a shaliach. So here, the question is a case. It's a case really brought in Bavakama which is really about damages where you send an item that, you know, causes a fire. So maybe you're sending uh, a torch of some kind, right? And it's in the hands of somebody who is in this questionable status with regard to shlichut of being an agent. And the answer is, you know, wh- how can such a person be, be held accountable if they generally couldn't be held accountable even for their own, you know, for their own damages, right? If they don't have you know, again, the level of responsibility, the level of agency. Let's use the katan as an example, right? Even somebody who's, let's say, nine years old, it doesn't mean that they are, that they have no common sense about them. It's not that they can't be responsible, but they cannot be halachically responsible until at least bar mitzvah. So it says the these these grouping, this grouping of people, they are exempt from judgment or or law right in human hands but liable according to the laws of heaven however if you send the the this beira this uh you know thing that's going to cause a fire in the hands of somebody who is considered a halakhically competent person then that same person the agent is the one who's liable um for i guess you know some level of negligence so this is then exactly the question. Why would the halakhali competent person be liable? Why wouldn't we say that the agent is like the person who did the sending? And it all goes back to that person, the person who who, who appointed the agent. Isn't it his responsibility or her? Isn't it his responsibility 
to, you know, for this level of damage. Don't we say that a person's agent is like himself? But we say, no, this is a different case because there's no such thing as agency for what amounts to a transgression. Meaning you can have your shaliach kamoto, you want the, the shaliach, the agent, to be just like you, if we're talking about a get, if we're talking about kiddushin, but when we're talking about doing damage, I'm not exactly sure why damage is necessarily an avera, but we have a, or I, we'll talk about this in a moment, but the concept of sending an agent to go do an avera, go, I don't know, go plow up a, a bed of flowers on Shabbat, right? The answer is like, no, you're on your own. The shaliach who does that, who accepts that task, is on his own in terms of violation of Shabbat, as opposed to saying, well, you know, he made me do it. Now, the, why is this? Why is there no shaliach for, um, for an avera, for a sin? Because we have uh, another statement that's very well known and I think kind of beautiful, right? When you have a con- conflict between the words of the rav, here meaning the rabbi, the master, but in this case, it refers specifically to God, right? Master with a capital M. And you have a conflict between the words of the student, meaning the regular person who's sending a shaliach, who are you going to listen to? The master or the student? Meaning the obvious thing is you have to listen to the master, the master being God, who in my example, right, is the one who commanded um, against violating Shabbat. And so anybody who's going to listen to the student, to the person who says, go do that act of violation of Shabbat, like you're listening to the wrong instructions. You need to pay attention to what God said, which is don't break Shabbat. Um, so therefore, he said the shaliach is considered to have acted on his own accord as opposed to the person who sent him because he should have known better. He should have known to listen to God. The Gemara goes on, right? The problem is that we have a breta that says that if you have a shaliach, and the assess and the what they're supposed to do now is going to be he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, but what he does do ends up being a misuse of consecrated property. We haven't seen this term mi'ila or ma'al in a long time, but that's what this is about. So again, so shaliach shaliach ma'al. If you give a shaliach, you know, a, a task to do that requires a specific handling of consecrated property, and he doesn't do it right, well, then he himself has been the one to, you know, to profane, I guess, the property. But if he does do it, but if he does do the thing that he was told to do that ends up being a misuse, well, then that is laid at the feet, so to speak. The responsibility is on the the person who sent him to go do this. So we end up with a difficulty, you know, the the case the cases of Mi'ila, I think, are always very challenging because what does it mean to misuse consecrated property is a very subtle and sometimes delicate matter. But in this case, um, the issue is, you know, if you do your if you do your bidding, right? If you do the task you're supposed to do, it's going to be end up being a case of Mi'ila. But then it's not on your the agent's responsibility. If you don't do it, there's still Mi'ila, but then it's your responsibility. So again, it gets a little bit complicated here. Um, and then the Gemara goes on to say, Ki How is it that we're going to say that when the when the shaliach, the agent, did this you know task, how do we say that the person who sent him is the one who did meila? It shouldn't work that way because again, we've said there's no 
this question that we said before, you can't have a shaliach for something that is an avera, that is a transgression. So the, the Gemara answers, Shani Me'ila. Me'ila, the case of misusing consecrated property is inherently different. The Yalfa Chet Chet Mitruma, because we learn about sin in the case of sin from a case of Truma in Vayikra, um, Leviticus chapter 5. Ma Truma Mashve Shaliach, Af Me'ila Mashve Shaliach. The fact is that Truma, that when it comes to Truma, you can appoint an agent. So too, when it comes to Me'ila, Mi'ila, meaning when it comes to consecrated property in general, you can appoint a shaliach. And so then that is a transgression, yes. But because it's learned from a case where the slichut applies, where the agency applies, um, so too here the agency is going to apply, even though it becomes an exception to the question of in shaliach lidzvar avera. Um, okay, the Gemara goes on. Of course it goes on. And it's going to delve into you know the use here of Meila and consecrated property, but the bottom line is, um, I think that going back to the beginning of this section, right, we're talking about the the default of of shlichut is always going. The default discussion of shlichut is what the Gemara calls a pikeach, somebody who has halachic competence, and then we get into the exceptions of when you would think that this would not apply, that the shlichut level of responsibility goes back to the when it stays with the person who sent the shaliach and when it kind of defaults to the shaliach himself. It's not such a given because in shaliach Right. I, I think it's a fabulous discussion because once we've established this idea of shlichut, like, yeah, you can, there's, you can appoint somebody to do the thing for you. You know, they come in and basically be like, okay, yes, but like when it comes to sin, the shaliach ultimately, like there's responsibility there, you know, like, you can't say that, like, what's the relationship between the shaliach doing an action that they should not have been doing? It, it, it's, it's, I, I really love this, this discussion here. Right. It's, it can't be mindless, meaning even when you're dead, it's not a robot. The shaliach is still a person, even if he's acting on behalf of someone else. Right. And, and I'm kind of surprised also, I just want to say this, because often we see discussions about, like, you know, the whole idea of Kiddush Hashem and, you know, uh, appointing, you know, there are like those, you know, halachot, the, the things that you, um, you know, like if you were told to kill somebody, you can't kill, you know, you can't kill on their behalf or like things that you have to die for. I'm surprised this Gemara does not come up more often. Well, that's an interesting like, question. That's kind of like the famous Gemara. And I understand because it's more dramatic. But like, I don't know, this Gemara to me feels like equally important and it doesn't seem to get as much circulation. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm going to use this Gemara somewhere because I think it's a good one. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.